fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Berman. And one more day for Glenn as we roll into the new year. Today on the show, police officer killed in California, illegal immigrant captured. The sheriff in that county rips the sanctuary laws. And a police or a newspaper in Arizona writes a story defending illegal immigrants. All that coming up. We're going to talk about the shutdown. Lindsey Graham said there may be a deal. All of that coming up on the show today. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Are you tired of chair mats that dent or crack and the corners curl up? Is it time to update your office? If so, you need a glass chair mat by Vitraza. I'm George Pardo, president of Vitraza. We've been supplying high-quality American-made glass chair mats for over a decade. They're made of super strong glass, strong enough to hold a thousand pounds and never dent. And now every mat gets a forever warranty. Plus, they're protected with Invisible Shield Pro 15, a nanotech coating to resist fine scratches. So you'll glide on a smooth glass chair mat, and they're beautiful. Want to know how to get one? We sell direct at Vitraza.com. That's V as in Victor, I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. We'll ship free to your home or office and save 10% when you enter my name, George. Here's our website again, V-I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. And remember, save 10% with code George, Vitraza.com. Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck Program. I'm Mike Broomhead in one more day for Glenn. Uh, you know, whole show just changed. I was going to talk about illegal immigration, but big news, big, big, big news just reported. Uh, Elizabeth Warren announces her 2020 presidential bid. <sighs> okay, so let's on to the other news. Elizabeth Warren now in the race. This is terrific. She's cleared up the whole controversy about the Native American blood coursing through her veins. And now we're on to bigger and better things as she thinks that she will be the nominee for the Democrats for president. Elizabeth Warren announcing her presidential bid in 2020. Um, the Democrats believe, as as many did, many people believed that you could just uh, prop up any candidate against George W. Bush back in 04. And they did. They said, you know, a, a ham sandwich could beat George W. Bush then. And maybe that's true, but John Kerry couldn't, which proves what I've always thought. John Kerry's not as smart or likable as a ham sandwich. So Elizabeth Warren believes she's the one that's going to beat this president because in the minds of the people on that side of the aisle, everybody in the country hates Donald Trump. Now, his popularity doesn't say that, and he does some things that bug me like they bug everyone else, and uh, the media is in full force against him, which I'm not. You know, criticism is fair of anyone. Everybody makes mistakes, and not everything everything that he does is something that I like, but I'm not a hater of anybody. Um, But so we'll see. Uh, Elizabeth Warren now in. I can't wait for the statements to come forward. If she ends up being the nominee for the Democrats, Oh, it's going to be a fun election year in 2020 and the time leading up to it. But let's get to the big issues. Right now, the shutdown continues. And we've got some details on this shutdown, how it compares with every other shutdown that's happened, how long they've lasted, who was to blame, all of those things. We'll go back. You know, during the Clinton administration, there was a shutdown because he was at odds with Newt Gingrich over financing and funding. So that part of it and and what that means as the president has frozen wages for federal workers. 
but it's because of the fight over border security. I don't know of anyone who believes, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't know of anyone who realistically believes that the border is secure. Story written about a man who entered the United States through the Arizona border. When I saw that, the the cop killer in California, DUI arrests, um, it really is a sad story because, ironically, the cop that was murdered was a legal immigrant to the United States. So it adds to the irony of this story, but it also adds to the distinction between legal and illegal immigration. Not every illegal immigrant is a murderer. I understand that. Not every illegal immigrant is a criminal. What I mean by that is they break the law by coming, but they're not coming here to commit other crimes. But the fact is some are. That's why you build walls. That's why you have border protection. That's why you do those things. Um, You know, stores and businesses install security cameras. Not everyone that walks into a store is a shoplifter, but they have something called loss prevention at shopping centers and malls and, and retail stores have some loss prevention officers are undercover plainclothes employees who monitor by camera and walking the stores looking for people that would steal. That doesn't mean because they do that, everyone is a thief, but it's there to weed out who the thieves are. We need a better process, a much better process. Now, I made a promise, uh, and I'm going to get to it in a few moments. I made a promise to everyone, and I'm going to I'll put the link up on social media this morning uh, to my blog on my show in Arizona. I have got I will t- I will get it directly to the three videos of Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and of Chuck Schumer, and what they all have said in the past about illegal immigration. It's a great reminder for everyone. At one time, you would think this would be an absolute no brainer. What to do with the people that are in the country illegally now? That's a political argument. That's something we have to decide as a nation. That's what legislators should be doing is deciding what do we do with the millions of people that have either overstayed visas or entered the country illegally. That's a great political argument. But the border security part of this shouldn't be. I want to just I want you to hear. I'm going to read to you what the sheriff said. Um, Stanislaus County Sheriff Adam Christensen said that Ariaga, who is the killer, the cop killer, entered illegally through Arizona, which breaks my heart. I I live in Arizona. I've been in Arizona for almost 24 years, and I love Arizona. It's home for me now. And it's a great place. If you've never been, you should visit. It is a beautiful state with really, really good, hardworking people, salt-of-the-earth people, welcoming that we don't have the big fights in Arizona the media claims we do. But it breaks my heart to see that the example that I've been giving from firsthand knowledge to everyone I can talk to, whether on my show or on this one, about the need for better border security is the fact that a few years ago, this guy entered the country illegally through my state. The drugs that are coming through, the criminals that are coming through, because it is not a secure border. So this doesn't do my heart any good to say, I told you so here. But we've been telling you and others have been telling you for a long time. If you if you're not in a border state and you're curious as to what it's really like, these are the things that are happening. Phoenix and the metro area, we call it the valley in Arizona, 
has drop houses in neighborhoods and suburban neighborhoods where you might live, uh, where I definitely where I live, where they've busted what they call drop houses, where they bring people across the border illegally. Um, they're brought in by the coyotes and then they're put in a house, sometimes 30 or 40 people in a three bedroom house. And they're held there many times for ransom. So family members that pay to have them brought to the states. Then they house them and they threatened either the family's lives, their lives or taking them back or or, you know, getting them deported if the family doesn't pay more money. And these drop houses have been found in suburban neighborhoods, just, you know, regular average neighborhoods. The least of the problems when you look at this and this guy was came into this country illegally and then he gets DUI arrests and then he kills a cop. So this is what the sheriff had to say. Because I want the nation to know, I want your viewers to know that Officer Singh really should be the focus of this investigation and his sacrifice. But I also want everybody to know that immigration is good for America if done legally. Illegal immigration doesn't serve our communities, especially criminals who victimize and exploit our communities. He said this on Fox. Whether you hate the president or love the president, border security goes hand in hand with national security, the safety of our communities and public safety. We need to know who is in our communities that shouldn't be. We should be focusing on criminal activity without political interference. He went on to say we are prohibited. Law enforcement was prohibited because of sanctuary laws that led to the encounter with Officer Singh. The outcome could have been different. If law enforcement wasn't restricted, prohibited, or had their hands tied because of political interference. The media has downplayed the legal status, the immigration status of this killer because it doesn't fit with a narrative that you're being sold. The traditional media in America is doing a disservice to this country because of their hatred for one thing, President Trump. I don't know if it's President Trump, the man, or the fact that he beat Hillary Clinton, or the way he won, or what happens, his brash behavior, whatever it is, they still have a job to do, and they are, they are not doing their job. The job of the traditional media is to tell you know both sides of the story to make sure that they don't weight things one way or the other. The narrative is illegal immigrants are just, uh, especially right now, are people seeking asylum from war-torn countries. Before I let you hear from uh, Clinton, Obama, and Schumer and their views on illegal immigration in the past before they flip-flopped, let me just point something out to you. There is the, the, uh, the newspaper of record in Arizona is the Arizona Republic. And there is a, a reporter, this in this case, Bree Burkett, I don't know who she is, that wrote a story about the fact that this man, this cop killer, came in through Arizona several years ago. She quotes the sheriff, as I just told you about. His name is Gustavo Perez Ariaga. He's 32 years old. What's fascinating about this story is she said Ariaga is being held. I want you to. I want to hear the, you to hear the words that she writes, and then you ask yourself the question of why is this necessary? He's being held without bail. Five other people, including his brother, um, a coworker, and someone um, listed as his girlfriend, were all arrested for false information to police officers while they were trying to find him. Then she notes that Singh immigrated to the U.S. from Fiji. 
He joined the uh, he joined the 12 officer police force in 2011. He was the first officer to be killed in the line of duty in that department's history. He left behind a, a wife and a five month old son. So far, a very appropriate story. Then it's almost parenthetical. It's almost a parenthesis here. She decides to throw this into the story. Despite calls for tougher border security, the recent surge in undocumented migrants coincided with a decrease in violent crimes. A 2017 report from the Sentencing Project, a self-described progressive group, found that both legal residents and illegal residents of the United States commit crimes less often than native-born citizens. Stories about undocumented immigrants accused of committing violent crimes frequently garner national attention. So you see, it doesn't matter that this man came into the country illegally a couple of years ago. It doesn't matter that he's had a couple of DUIs and because of the sanctuary laws in California was never reported for deportation. It doesn't matter that he murdered a legal immigrant who turned out to be a police officer with a five month old son and a wife. What matters is that you're reminded that this is an anomaly and that crime is less when it comes to illegal immigrants. You tell me why that belongs in this story. It belongs in this story to further their narrative that we have to report on this, but it's an anomaly. And it's shameful. In a moment, as I promised, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, Chuck Schumer, what they have said about illegal immigration. That's coming up in just a moment. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. No, not everybody agrees with me, but even though Bitcoin is down significantly right now, I believe in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology that's behind them. They're going to play a significant role in our future. And while it may end up in the end being crazy, I'm actually investing more in Bitcoin. It just makes sense that a trackable digital form of money will replace fiat money one day, doesn't it? It's important that you understand these and ask these questions and find the answers because you have a chance right now to invest in this technology before it happens. And If I'm right, and I could be wrong, you could make game-changing money from a very small investment. But I want you to do your own homework and begin with Wall Street hedge fund manager Tika Tawari. He's an expert in the cryptocurrency space. He's created a course that takes you through all of the basics and makes buying or selling of crypto as simple as buying and selling stock. For a limited time, you can take a risk-free 30-day trial of his course by going to smartcryptocourse.com. Do it today, smartcryptocourse.com, or call 877-PBL-BACK. Hey, thanks again for being here. I'm Mike Broomhead from Phoenix, Arizona, in for Glenn Beck. One more day. Happy New Year to you. Hope you got great plans for tonight. Be safe, of course. Now let's get to it. I've been promising this. I will put it up on social media for those of you that want it, that are following me. If you're a social media user on Twitter, I am at Broomhead Show, at Broomhead Show. And then on Facebook, the Mike Broomhead Show fan page, if you want to follow me there, I will put the link to directly to these three videos. I have them on my personal blog at the radio station. I would love for you to share them with your friends. Um, let's start with Bill Clinton going back to the 90s State of the Union address. Now, you picture President Trump's voice. This was what Bill Clinton said, not only about illegal immigration, but his demands to Congress and what needed to happen. All Americans not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. 
the jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. I had no idea that Bill Clinton was such a racist. I had no idea what a xenophobic racist Bill Clinton was. No clue. We must do more. We are a nation of immigrants, but amazing, amazing. This is your focus should be on the traditional media in America the lack of candor, the lack of work, the laziness and intentional disregard for any of this. If this were the other way around, if the Republican Party en masse and the most prominent names of the Republican Party shifted in any view on something like this, it would be the headline. Where are the Republicans now? If what you're going to hear in a few moments of Chuck Schumer, I'll get to that in a few moments, or Barack Obama, you're going to hear that next. If it were Lindsey Graham or Mitch McConnell that flipped 180 degrees, they would be showing that video every time they talked about illegal immigration. Now, we are hearing about two children that died in custody of the U.S. Terrible. Blame Donald Trump. Every chance they get, talk about dying children, dying children, dying children. Well, if you want to use the analogy of the left, it's it's two children out of tens of thousands that are in custody, just like it's one cop. It's only one cop. It's This is an anomaly. As a matter of fact, crime has gone down since this influx of illegal immigrants. Isn't that amazing, the narrative? Let's continue. This was when Barack Obama was Senator Obama before he became President Obama. You want to hear what a xenophobe Barack Obama is? Listen to this. We all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Uh, You know, we are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law. Uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. Uh, We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully uh, to become immigrants in this country. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Picture Donald Trump's voice saying that, what they would call him for uttering those exact words. 
last but not least, current leader for the Democrats in the United States Senate. This was 2009. Just a small piece of what Chuck Schumer had to say about illegal immigrants. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, we convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration, which the American people overwhelmingly oppose. If you don't think it's illegal, you're not going to say it. I think it is illegal and wrong. Amazing. This is one of the people blocking the 60 votes necessary in the Senate because we have to get some Democrats on board. Isn't it fascinating? I just had a a battle on social media with someone saying it's President Trump's fault because the Republicans have the majority. So this person either had no idea that it takes 60 votes in the Senate or they're ignoring it on purpose. You want to get something done on immigration, Congress makes the laws. Chuck Schumer's got to get with the Democrats and get the 60 votes necessary so that something can get done. On the very topic that he said in 2009 was that important. He wouldn't even use the phrase undocumented. He said it sends the wrong message to the American people. I'll call them out again. Where's Morning Joe? Where's the other cable news networks playing that audio for Chuck Schumer and asking him why the flip-flop, Chuck? Why not get something done? Coming up, Lindsey Graham floats a deal that might just change all of this. I'll tell you what that is coming up. I'm Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Every two seconds, there is a new victim of identity theft, which means a criminal could be spending your money or applying for loans in your name or even damaging your credit, the good credit you've worked so hard to build. Unfortunately, you might miss certain threats to your identity just by checking bank statements or monitoring your credit. But there's a good thing here. It's called LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. LifeLock uses technology that they came up with and own, and it detects and alerts you to a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. And if you do have an issue involving any kind of identity theft, one of LifeLock's identity restoration specialists are going to work to fix it. That's worth the price of admission every time. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but with LifeLock, you get identity theft protection and additional features to help protect your devices against cyber threats for as low as $9.99 a month. Don't waste another second. Visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save an extra 10%. It's LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Want more Glenn? I mean, who doesn't? Beside my wife. Stream live or download later at glennbeck.com. Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck program. My name is Mike Broomhead. In one more day as we finish out the year, Lindsey Graham had lunch with the president. Suggested a new deal in which the president would renew 700,000 work permits in exchange for $5 billion for the border wall. This deal that Graham proposed is based that Trump would win the court case currently working its way through the, the system about the legality of the administration's decision to cancel DACA or the DREAM Act. Which, again, the assumption being when it gets to the highest court in the land, if President Obama can enact something with an executive order, then President Trump can rescind that action with another executive order, believing that that would work. That's the basis of this this deal. And uh, 
it's funny that Lindsey Graham, I think Lindsey Graham has shown his finest hour in defending the president on a number of these things. He has shown himself to have a backbone, um, which is uh, which is something people question. And I don't I don't mean that with any disrespect whatsoever. People questioned uh, and he has come out stronger now than ever before on this issue. And um, he's the one that seems to be working on this again. I'm, I'm going to continue and I hope you'll bear with me on this to hammer the media and the way they handle these things. Nancy Pelosi has been staying in an $800 a night resort during the shutdown. That's tone deaf, right? If the other way around, if, if President Trump were at an $800 a night resort right now or one of his posh hotels or resorts, they would be calling him tone deaf on this issue. Food stamps are about to run out for families and you're staying at these resorts. A member of Congress from Arizona who I think is doing a fine job, her name is Debbie Lesko, uh, tweeted out yesterday saying, my bags are packed. I am ready to go back to D.C. on a moment's notice as soon as the Democrats say they're ready to come back to the negotiating table. Where is the media talking about how tone deaf they are on the left on these issues? Lindsey Graham meeting with the president, trying to broker a deal. The Republicans trying to do something about this, and yet they're being blamed for the shutdown. Well, the president said he'll take the blame for the shutdown, but now where is where is the other side of this? So the DREAM Act is was a joke to begin with. It's not law because the president can't enact a law. Um, as a matter of fact, Barack Obama was was slapped down twice by the Supreme Court with work permits and the things they were doing with the expansion of powers from the executive branch on this issue. The original plan by Donald Trump in this Dream Act was going to two and a half double more than double two and a half times as many people would be protected under the plan the president wanted that the Democrats thwarted. I'm just saying this in fairness. Donald Trump said that the Congress had six months to fix the Dream Act and then it was going away. And instead of working to get something done, the Democrats found a federal judge to block this, making its way. Now it has to make its way through the courts to ultimately get to the Supreme Court to be ruled upon. So instead of doing something about this, then the president was going to expand protection for people that fell under the dream act by two and a half times what our former president protected but he wanted the concessions of border security and a revamping of our of our immigration system no more chain migration it should all be done and also no more of the lottery visa lotteries that it should all be done based on merit And he didn't get his way because the Democrats went to court and blocked it. So the political left is winning in the court of the media, but not in public opinion on this. So Lindsey Graham said, you make sure that you renew this and we'll fight to get the five billion dollars for the wall. That would be a compromise by both people. I'll go a step further. I just had a conversation with some people yesterday. I've mentioned I'm in Florida. I'm visiting my hometown for the holidays. And I live in Arizona, which is a border state. I've been around people that have been in this country illegally before. The attitude of America has justifiably shifted 
the border has changed. And the American people do not harbor ill will against immigrants largely. There have been people that have complained about immigration and you watch um, how every generation of immigrant was going to be a disaster and the, the end of our society. And it's never really worked out that way. Immigrants to our country have always ended up in one generation being a benefit. Go as far back, you know, uh, um, as, you know, when the Irish came here, Irish Catholics need not apply signs and windows. You know, it didn't matter who it was. They were going to be the end of our society in the minds of some. But most Americans with legal immigration believe it's good for our society. Somehow in the last 10 years, when this shift from the Democrats happened on their position on illegal immigration, we have clouded the waters to the level now where everyone is called a migrant. There's no such thing as illegal immigration anymore. They're all just migrants. But the president wanted a solution for this. And I just had a conversation about this issue. I mentioned it last week. My entire adult life I spent in the construction world. I was an electrician for a long time, and then I had my own business for a while. And hiring people and trying to keep people on job sites was difficult when the economy was booming. And a guest worker program would go a long way to alleviating a number of problems. The first problem would be you look at the caravan at Tijuana. Of that 7,000, the group of 7,000, it is mostly young men. That's been proven that it's mostly, there are women and children, but it's mostly young men. And those young men are talking about poverty, which is not a reason to seek asylum, but wanting a better life. There is a huge need in the manufacturing world and especially in the construction world across this country. But I can tell you specifically where I'm from in Arizona for a qualified labor force in the construction world. These are not jobs that are being taken away from Americans. These are jobs that Americans are not doing. And as anecdotal as the evidence is, I can tell you from everyone I've talked to that I work with in the construction world, they are starving for qualified labor right now. A concession and a deal could be made on that front if people would come to the table and have a conversation. But at some point, the media is going to have to start asking the question, at what point are the Democrats realistically just being obstructionist and not going to give this president anything that looks like a victory? In reality, that's what we have. Chuck Schumer is not going to come to the table and watch this president who is already winning in working class Democrat households with keeping his promise on jobs and manufacturing going up and the continuation of businesses getting stronger with 3.7% unemployment, who's benefiting? That working class Democrat household is who is benefiting. And now when you look at what's happened or what's happening, if the president gets a victory on some kind of a worker program, And if he is able to make the deal to expand the number of people covered under the DREAM Act or make it permanent through a piece of legislation, it's going to look a lot like a victory for this president with the very working class people that the Democrats say are going to vote him out of office in 2020. And if you don't believe the politics are a part of this, you tell me why after hearing what you heard of Chuck Schumer. Forget Obama and Clinton. They're gone. Schumer isn't. Schumer was a border hawk and wouldn't even use the phrase undocumented immigrant. He called him illegals. 
This was le- this was less than 10 years ago. Where is the media asking them, are you just being an obstructionist now? Are you just refusing to give this president a victory on any issue? And if you don't believe that the media is reacting with this, what has been called now Trump derangement syndrome, you're wrong. I am not on any level a conspiracy theorist. Not at all. But I can tell you that they are dead set in the media of destroying this president and will say nothing positive about what he's done. So unless the Democrats are able to spin it as a huge victory for them, they're not cutting a deal. The president's own the shutdown. They're going to point the finger at him. So we've got to talk about the results of the shutdown. Others, not just this one, because we don't know how this one's going to end. How long have they lasted? Why did they happen? Who did they affect? But the idea of something called Trump derangement system if syndrome, if you don't believe it exists, some fun before we end this hour. If you've not seen the viral video, we've tried to clean it up as much as we can. And there's some of it we're going to play <clears throat> as a guy goes into a vape shop, which I've never been into, to buy some supplies. And he's wearing a Trump T-shirt and the guy working the counter loses his mind. Like a big baby. That and what one very prominent Democrat said about the mental stability of the president. We'll do all of that before we close out this hour. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, once again, Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Broomhead. Want to get to the Trump derangement syndrome story in just a moment, but I wanted to give you an update. I know that many of you, many of you have been following on social media that the, uh, you know, the Glenn Beck program, it's uh, Glenn, Pat, Stu, and uh, everybody loves Jeffy. Well, uh, Jeffy decided he wanted to be get more attention over the holidays, so he decided he was going to have himself a heart attack. And so Jeffy had a heart attack. I talked with him. I talked with Mrs. Jeffy, who was truly the brains of that outfit. And uh, Jeffy's doing very well. He wanted me to pass along to everyone that uh, he is doing well. As a matter of fact, he's complaining about the hospital food. Uh, in good spirits, I had a conversation with him yesterday. It was great news that as 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 bad as it was, uh, he's in good spirits. There was no need for any open heart surgery, so he'll be back in the coming days going through some rehab stuff. Uh, last I heard, he was still in the hospital, but hoping to go home very soon. So for those of you that have been concerned, they wanted me to pass along two messages. In good spirits, and thank you very much for your thoughts and your prayers reaching out to Jeffy. Um, so uh, that all good news on that front. I, I wanted to make sure I passed that along. Before we close out the hour, we talk about Trump derangement syndrome. Um, I'll start with something from the media. Of all people, of all people, former Vermont governor and almost presidential candidate Howard, I have a scream speech, Dean, uh, said that Donald Trump is mentally incapacitated. Where was he? Uh, MSNBC. Where else would he be? The network that wants to um, school you to tell you that you need to be more civil and and uh, criticize, chastise the president for the tone of his tweets and continues to bring people on that network to question the mental f- capabilities of the president of the United States. The hypocrite network that is MSNBC, starting with Morning Joe, but not to be outdone anywhere across the, that, uh, that, um, the dial there. 
So now I want you to hear from a very peace-loving liberal. I want you to hear how it starts. There is a young man that walks into a vape shop. There is a customer there that's waiting, and he walks in and wants to purchase something. The cashier, the lovable liberal that he is, um, he doesn't want to serve him because he's wearing a Trump T-shirt. So this is the setup from the customer as he begins the videotape because he was asked to leave. So here we are at Exhale Vapor City in Tucker, Georgia, and I have just been asked to leave the store. He greeted me. That was nice. I did find the item that I wanted, and the Sir, next thing he said was that he'd like me to leave. If you do not stop recording in my store, I'm going to call the police and ask you to leave now. Please call the That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. Can we, right, we can call Fox Five and all sorts of stuff. I'd like to. I would like I'm to purchase something here. First. Please do call your boss because I will be calling corporate. Go for it. I am looking forward to releasing this video because I just want to purchase something. Oh, dude, off. Get the off of here, man. Racist. Yeah. Right. I'm not a racist. Beautiful, right? Now, this guy is as crazy as that sounded. As the conversation continues, the customer continues to be in that very civil tone. And finally, the lovable liberal can't take it anymore. Man, f- get out! Sell the cops! No, 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 no! Sell it to me! Sell it to me, Call the cops! It's your job, your freedom. Sell me the You can be. I have, no, no, no. Sell it to me. Nope. Sell it to me. Come on. Ring it up. Ring it up and you don't ruin your life. That's where you're at right now. Because you done upset me. And you should have helped him first in the first place before you threw a temper tantrum, dip. He's standing here waiting for you to ring him up. How Get is that possible? Help your customer. <laughs> Happy New Year. I explained last week exactly how FISA orders are uh, come about. I have a friend who spent 30 years, 30 years in the FBI, uh, an expert when it comes to FISA orders, uh, getting them and using them. He now is a professor at the Embry-Riddle School of International Security, um, and we will talk with him. His name is Steve Hooper. He joins me just after the top of the next hour to discuss FISA orders and the need for better security in schools. All that right around the corner. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Rudy Giuliani goes after the Mueller investigation. I talked to you about FISA orders, how they're obtained, who gets them, how they're gotten, and how they work, and what mistakes were made in the Mueller investigation, or go back even further with the leadership of the FBI. We talked to a former FBI agent, 30 years with the FBI, coming up. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
You know, not everybody agrees with me, but even though Bitcoin is down significantly right now, I believe in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology that's behind them. They're going to play a significant role in our future. And while it may end up in the end being crazy, I'm actually investing more in Bitcoin. It just makes sense that a trackable digital form of money will replace fiat money one day, doesn't it? It's important that you understand these and ask these questions and find the answers because you have a chance right now to invest in this technology before it happens. And if I'm right, and I could be wrong, you could make game-changing money from a very small investment. But I want you to do your own homework and begin with Wall Street hedge fund manager Tika Tawari. He's an expert in the cryptocurrency space. He's created a course that takes you through all of the basics and makes buying or selling of crypto as simple as buying and selling stock. For a limited time, you can take a risk-free 30-day trial of his course by going to smartcryptocourse.com. Do it today, smartcryptocourse.com, or call 877-PBL-BANK. Hey, thank you for being here. My name is Mike Broomhead. Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck program. Um, I, we were explaining, I was talking about FISA orders earlier this week and explaining that it's my belief that the big mistake was made at the beginning when the handling of the investigation into Hillary's emails and further down the road, Donald Trump by the FBI should have been handled in a field office and not by leadership. That, that James Comey was not an investigator. Andrew McCabe showed himself to have a bias and it should have never been handled there. So uh, having a friend that's an expert when it comes to FISA orders, his name is Stephen Hooper. He is now a professor at the College of Security and Intelligence at Embry-Riddle University in Arizona, Prescott, Arizona, also the owner of Tripwire Security Solutions, which is a security consulting firm, uh, 30 years with the FBI. So, uh, uh, Steve, thanks again for joining me. Morning, Mike. No problem. Um, so let's talk about, uh, first of all, FISA orders. Can you run down... What it takes for you yourself, if you're an agent in a field office, what has to happen and the steps you have to go through in order to obtain a FISA order? Well, uh, of course, FISA goes back many years to its inception back in the 70s when um, there was criticism of the FBI uh, during the, uh, the, um, the uprisings in the uh, subversive groups of the 60s and 70s, and, and the FBI was actually monitoring, wiretapping, if you will, American citizens, whether they were civil rights groups or college <clears throat> groups that were uprising, the Students for Democratic Society, SDS, and so forth. And finally, some things happened that brought it to light that the FBI was uh, monitoring uh, American citizens without... Uh, them being involved in uh, any uh, criminal activity. So that became a concern, and that's when the uh, FISA started. So the, uh, the rules are strict. The targets must be um, uh, either foreign intelligence officers, uh, foreign intelligence um, agents, uh, people identified in the United States as agents of a foreign power, uh, and we can get into corporations and, and break down uh, into the, uh, um, the smaller groups. But essentially, it all has to do with foreign intelligence collection only. It cannot be used to collect information or intelligence on American citizens. So the, the, the process involves uh, extensive documentation. If it's going to be an American citizen that's involved, it has to be extensive documentation that not only is that American citizen connected to the foreign intelligence service or a foreign intelligence officer, 
but they have to actually be involved in active intelligence collection for that foreign intelligence service. Are you, uh, is it odd or is it uh, unique that this investigation was handled out of headquarters and not out of a field office? Yeah, that that's one of the things that struck me early on was that uh, agents at the level of deputy assistant director and on up were affiants and were uh, uh, leading this investigation. Uh, historically, the FBI, although F- the FBI headquarters generally will get involved, it's generally for imp- approval for uh, like sizes and, and, and Title III wiretaps, which are the ones that they use for pure criminal investigations. They go up the chain of command in the field office, and then they do have to go to headquarters and the Department of Justice for authorization and approvals. But the uh, boots on the ground investigations, the collection of the evidence that would uh, um, would lead you down the road of getting a Title III or a FISA application, that's all done by the uh, by the agents in the field office, and in this case, it would have been the Washington field office. So the fact that the affiants and the, the lead investigators on this were headquarters uh, executives, if you will, um, that struck me as odd uh, right at the beginning. I I worked in the Washington field office for 13 years, so I had never seen that. What do you make of uh, Andrew McCabe's firing, the recommendation from within the FBI? What, what did that tell you that they were, you know, how egregious were his actions that he was actually terminated so close to retirement? Well, the, you have to trust the process. And, and in my 30 years with the Bureau, you know, you trust the process. And, and uh, sadly, I knew people over the years that got themselves into uh, problems. And, and it comes always comes down to the, the, the same thing. Uh, the term is called lack of candor. It's, it's one thing to do uh, make mistakes in, in your investigations and do things that uh, are unacceptable at the FBI standards. But uh, the FBI usually can get through the punishment stage and, and suspensions and so forth. But in the end, if you lie about what you did, the uh, the Office of Professional Responsibility who conducts the internal affairs for the FBI, that's the one uh, level that's intolerable. And uh, from what I understand, that's what he was let go for, uh, lack of uh, candor. Um, that's a standard that is uh, that you can never... Uh, uh, bypass. Uh, Professor Professor Steve Hooper is joining me. He's with the College of Security and Intelligence at Embry-Riddle University, uh, 30 years with the FBI, and also has a company called Tripwire Security Solutions. Let me shift gears for a moment, Steve, because the number one story, according to the AP last year, was the Parkland school shooting in South Florida. But there was also a report that was critical of the actions of people on campus that should have done something quicker and it implemented some steps. You've actually started a company that that advises schools and other places. How has the um, the police, uh, the way the police respond to shooters and what people should be doing, whether it's in the corporate situation or the school situation, how has this changed with these active shooter situations that have been happening? Well, the the part that has to change, we, we've changed it on a national level. You know, back, uh, I always say before 2001, the FBI was your uh, standard federal law enforcement. You know, crime happens, FBI shows up, investigates identifies who did it, hopefully prosecute and conviction. Uh, After 9-11, that became unacceptable in the terrorism world. We weren't allowed to 
show up after the terrorist attack. And now the mandate was to prevent it from happening in the first place. So what we've done is taken the same approach to um, not just school shootings, but small businesses. We see this happening routinely at, <clears throat> at small businesses where fired employees come back or angry employees or people who feel like they, they didn't get the promotion and so forth. So um, whatever button that, that gets pushed to pushes them over the edge. And uh, these, the, the incidents are there. The FBI calls them concerning behaviors. Those behaviors are there. And uh, uh, you, you just have to be paying attention to them. So the concept that the police do a great job, but understand the police are a reactive force in, in every city. And uh, so they have a plan in place to get there. Uh, we can talk about Annapolis and the, uh, the uh, newspaper up there. Uh, Capital Gazette, when the police were there in less than less than a minute, they were able to respond. But sadly, still five people were killed. So the response part is is better than ever. And, and the uh, ability to respond on campus with lockdown drills and so forth um, are better than ever. That's great. But what we're looking at, what we consult on is how do we identify the behaviors ahead of time? So you're not just responding to when it does happen, but how about you try to prevent it from happening in the first place? And uh, we were, um, I was trained as a crisis manager in the FBI, and it was all about, um, there was a whole prevention piece on how to identify something before it happens, the Joint Terrorism Task Forces. In the FBI, they live this every day. They spend all day, every day looking for information that would prevent a bad act from happening. And so we're taking that same concept where we train a crisis manager on the campus, someone who owns suspicious activity. They own threatening activity. They own suspicious activity, and they monitor it, monitor it every day. And then uh, and if this threat should bubble up, they have actions they take outside the campus, off campus. Uh, that can uh, help prevent it from happening in the first place. So in your opinion, when you look at um, not just what happened in this case, but the, moving forward, whether it's like again, a school or an organization, they should have someone kind of on point who is assessing, looking for threats, someone that kind of coordinates things and make sure that law enforcement has the knowledge of something because they can't be, like you said, they react to a situation, but there should be somebody proactive in every organization that kind of takes responsibility for that. Right. And, and, and we always use schools as, uh, as examples. And again, small businesses uh, fit also. But yeah, somebody who, you know, everyone, when there's uh, a problem, everyone wants to call the principal or the vice principal. Well, they've got, you know, six other jobs they're trying to accomplish. And uh, what we see is the problem on campuses. Uh, many of them, uh, no one owns the threat. No one is in that position where that's their, that's their job uh, every day to be, uh, monitor concerning behavior that maybe a, a, a sophomore or junior starting to show a senior, or even at grammar schools. Uh, grammar schools, although we don't expect uh, third and fourth graders to be the threat, uh, although there is uh, a couple of examples of uh, the sixth and seventh graders doing some pretty horrific things. And, uh, um, but they, what they are, should be concerned with and what they could be looking at is what's going on off campus. What uh, are they? Do they know what's going on to the families? Is there a divorce? Did a pet die? Did a did a you know uh, someone in the family die? Are they going through a nasty divorce, a, a custody suit, and so forth? So there's there's lots of things that can be going on in people's personal lives that can cause the angst and the uh, 
and uh, cause a threat uh, to the school uh, to start bubbling up. And those are the things you need to be aware of to prevent it. Well, Steve, as always, it's good talking to you when you're on with me in Phoenix or here on Glenn's show. Um, Happy New Year, and I hope to talk to you soon. All right, Mike. Happy New Year. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Professor Steve Hooper from the College of Security and Intelligence at Embry-Riddle University. Spent 30 years with the FBI. Wealth of information when it comes to security in this issue and also when it comes to how the process works with the FBI. What we're going to do coming up in just a moment is more about this idea of the shooting, the school shooting, the Parkland shooting, the number one story in 2018. Well, an update, uh, a report, the very critical of how that was handled and lessons we should learn from all of it. That's right around the corner. I'm Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Are you tired of chair mats that dent or crack and the corners curl up? Is it time to update your office? If so, you need a glass chair mat by Vitraza. I'm George Pardo, president of Vitraza. We've been supplying high-quality, American-made glass chair mats for over a decade. They're made of super strong glass, strong enough to hold a 1,000 pounds and never dent. And now every mat gets a forever warranty. Plus, they're protected with Invisible Shield Pro 15, a nanotech coating to resist fine scratches. So you'll glide on a smooth glass chair mat, and they're beautiful. Want to know how to get one? We sell direct at Vitraza.com. That's V as in Victor, I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. We'll ship free to your home or office and save 10% when you enter my name, George. Here's our website again, V-I-T-R-A-Z-Z-A.com. And remember, save 10% with code George, Vitraza.com. program and thanks to steve hooper for joining me for a few minutes um the parkland school shooting deemed the number one story of 2018 um by the ap the associated press and it did it gained a lot of story we know that uh david hogg and others became kind of household names because of this the anti-gun crowd and and um you know, I, I harbored no ill will towards David Hogg. He was he's a kid that was in a traumatic situation. I thought he was used. And, and much like uh, I've I've mentioned before, um, being a Gold Star family member back in 04, I traveled on and I volunteered for the Bush campaign. And we spoke out at rallies kind of opposing Cindy Sheehan, who also was a Gold Star. She's a Gold Star mom. You remember the story of her being the biggest opponent to the war. Well, if you were close to that story, you saw that she was absolutely used by the people on the political left. She was a grieving mother and she was used. And when she was no longer useful, they kind of just tossed her aside. She um, was an opponent of the war, which I understood. I didn't agree with her, but I understood. I didn't like the way she behaved. And and uh, after a while, I, I kind of turned my back because I stopped feeling sorry for her with some of the things she was saying. We were very kind to her, she was not kind to the parents that opposed her. She was very vitriolic in the way she spoke. But she was also used to talk about things that she didn't know anything about. She talked about the Palestinians. Uh, she was hugging Hugo Chavez. She was speaking on because she was a mouthpiece and she, because she had the microphones in her face. They had her speaking about things. She didn't have any idea what she was talking about. And then when she outlived her usefulness, uh, they just tossed her aside. 
And I think that's what happened with David Hogg. David Hogg was on TV every single day. And I felt bad for this kid. He was in a traumatic situation. I don't agree with his position on guns on any level. But uh, they just used this kid because he was a young kid and we're going to change the world and we're doing all these other things. And, and, and it was just, I felt bad for him. I feel bad for all of those kids. A report was out that there were steps in place. They called it a code red, was supposed to be called in. They delayed that by six minutes. The people that were supposed to be monitoring the hallways, one of them hid. They didn't do the things they were supposed to do within the school. And then the police response from the sheriff's office was not what it was supposed to be either. And when you look at these mass shootings, the lessons that we should be learning about this is they all were preventable in many cases because there were warning signs that were very evident to family members and to friends and to people around them. Whether you're talking all the way back to Columbine, you want to go talk about the Virginia Tech shooter, the Virginia Tech shooter, if you remember that shooting, that was somebody who was told not to come back on that campus until they had some mental health counseling. Jared Loeffner, who did the devastating shooting in Tucson, Arizona, that incapacitated to a large degree and took a long road to recovery for former Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords. If you remember, many of you may not know this, Gabrielle Giffords and her husband now are very staunch anti-gun advocates, but... She was A-rated by the NRA when she was a Democrat in the Congress in Arizona. Now, I don't necessarily blame her for changing her mind on the issue, but she was a staunch defender of the Second Amendment for a long time. Jared Loeffner, much like the Virginia Tech shooter, was told not to return to college until he had mental health evaluations and counseling. His family and friends knew he was dangerous and spiraling out of control. You look at what happened with the Colorado shooter, Holmes. He was on campus in Colorado, and there was an intervention team that was going to come to him in the graduate program, and they were going to intervene for mental health reasons. He dropped out of school, and that intervention team felt that it was no longer their jurisdiction to intervene. I'm not blaming them. They had no clue. I'm saying that he had become so mentally ill that there was an intervention team that was working its way to him. Adam Lanza, everyone knew that's the Sandy Hook shooter. This shooter in the Parkland High School, the people there called him the crazy kid. One of the counselors at the school that didn't institute this code red fast enough said that if anybody was going to shoot up the school, it was going to be this kid. How many how many times had he been contacted by law enforcement? The point I'm making is if you want to address the issue of this solving this problem, and we all do, it should start with the constitutional argument about HIPAA laws. When can you forcibly medicate someone how do you possibly take someone into custody for crimes they might commit you can't do that so then you have to wait until they shoot up a school to take them to jail you know you you start now talking about mental health issues and when the courts can step in and remove someone's guns can you say that because you're in the middle of a divorce or maybe you're what's what if you're depressed what if you're clinically depressed because of a bad situation and you are being medicated whether you, you know you're taking some kind of medication for depression should the government be able to come in and remove your guns just for safety's sake 
What does that do to the reporting of mental illness? It's already something that people don't feel comfortable talking about. And let's be honest, there are so many differing levels of mental illness. To say mental illness and lump that into dangerous is unfair. Just like saying a common cold and cancer are on two ends of the spectrum of illness, the same thing happens with mental illness. But that's where the solution to this problem lies, is the conversation about mental health and the conversation about forcible medication or incarceration because someone is dangerous. When can you step in? It still is a constitutional conversation, just like it is with the Second Amendment. But you can confiscate people's guns. Look what's happening in London. Almost no one has guns in London. So what's happening now? They're asking people to count their kitchen knives because now it's knife attacks. This is about human beings and not the tools they use to do damage. Terrorists have gone from guns to bombs to running people over with vehicles. Evil people, heartless people will find a way to do damage. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. Back to the topic of illegal immigration. Man accused of killing the California cop as an illegal immigrant. We're going to talk about this topic right around the corner. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stick around. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, not everybody agrees with me, but even though Bitcoin is down significantly right now, I believe in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology that's behind them. They're going to play a significant role in our future. And while it may end up in the end being crazy, I'm actually investing more in Bitcoin. It just makes sense that a trackable digital form of money will replace fiat money one day, doesn't it? It's important that you understand these and ask these questions and find the answers because you have a chance right now to invest in this technology before it happens. And if I'm right, and I could be wrong, you could make game-changing money from a very small investment. But I want you to do your own homework and begin with Wall Street hedge fund manager Tika Tawari. He's an expert in the cryptocurrency space. He's created a course that takes you through all of the basics and makes buying or selling of crypto as simple as buying and selling stock. For a limited time, you can take a risk-free 30-day trial of his course by going to smartcryptocourse.com. Do it today, smartcryptocourse.com, or call 877-PBL-BACK. There's like 40 hosts, thousands of hours of information and entertainment, and you can get it with some subscriptions at the lowest $4.99 a month. It's theblazetv.com. Hey, thanks for being here. Happy New Year. It's the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Broomhead. In one more day for Glenn. Appreciate you spending part of your day with me um, earlier and we'll get to it again. I've shared it on social media. If you're a social media user, I love social media. At Broomhead Show on Twitter. The Mike Broomhead Show um, fan fan page on Facebook is where you can find me. If you're an Instagram user, uh, Mike Broomhead, all one word if you want to follow me there. Interesting conversations with people. As I, I tweeted out and I also put up on social media on, on Facebook, the link to my blog at, the, at my radio station at KFYI in Phoenix is... Um, fascinating conversations with people about this. I have three videos uh, that I put up and it's of Bill Clinton in the 90s in a State of the Union speech uh, telling the Congress he's going to send them a budget. He wants them to enact, you know, put this into law that gives him more ability to expedite deportations of illegal aliens and for more border security. Barack Obama lamenting the fact as a senator before he was president, lamenting the fact that illegal immigrants are stepping in front of people that are waiting and doing it the right way. And then Chuck Schumer uh, played a little piece of it, but it's about six minutes long 
as Chuck Schumer explains the ills of illegal immigration, and he wouldn't even use the phrase undocumented. It said it shows the country that we're not serious. But here's the level of why I call people out. I call them out because this is about, in the media, I call the media out because they aren't doing their jobs. So I, I've been asking, I put it out there, where is the media on this? So tell someone tell me where the media is on the flip-flop by Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Senator Schumer on illegal immigration. And then a reporter from a newspaper in Tucson, Arizona, I'm located in Phoenix, where I do my normal show, uh, is in, my morning show is in Phoenix, Arizona, and a reporter from Tucson, Arizona, the Arizona Daily Star says, I am the media. Talk about me. Says, you are the media. And I said, but I'm the only one talking about this. You're in Tucson, which is near the border. Aren't you concerned or curious about this flip-flop? And it's an amazing insight and picture into what we're seeing from the traditional media on this. Because he says he doesn't see any flip-flop. Now, I'm not out in this guy. I'm not asking people to hammer this guy. But this is a picture of what we're seeing. He said, I don't see a flip-flop. The center of the disagreement today is Trump's symbolic wall, which he wrongly portrays as the key to border security. It's not. A person can logically oppose the wall and support border security. Does anybody believe that the Democrats are supporting border security right now? It doesn't matter that this cop killer in California snuck in during the Obama administration. It could have just as easily been the Bush administration or anybody else's. The border has not been secure for a long time. Here's what's disappointing about this reporter. He's with the Arizona Daily Star down in Tucson. Uh and, you know, down in southern Arizona and in places like there's a, a he's not in he's in Pima County, not in Pinal County, but Pinal County, Arizona, deals with a place called Vico Valley. And it's a drug corridor. There are signs almost 80 miles north of the southern border. I want you to think about how far 80 miles is from where you are right now. Think about wherever you are in the country. Where How far 80 miles away is? Some 80 miles north or almost 80 miles north of the border, the Bureau of Land Management put signs up warning people in my state, in Arizona, not to approach abandoned vehicles, not to approach abandoned packages, and not to pick up hitchhikers because it's a known drug corridor. This reporter, his name is Tim, is well aware of this fact. But he says he doesn't see a flip-flop. There's no way, there is absolutely no way that you can listen to Chuck Schumer and say that it's not a flip-flop. As a matter of fact, let's do this. I want you to hear Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer in 2009, this is just a small piece of this. Now, it's the video is six minutes long, and I encourage you, if you're following me on social media, and I have a public page, even if you're not following me, you can find the Mike Broomhead Show fan page. You can see my post. This is on my blog. There's a video of Clinton, then Obama, and then this by Schumer. The video is about six minutes long. This is about 30 seconds of this. You tell me what you are about to hear. Is anything similar to what Chuck Schumer sounds like right now on immigration? Listen to this. When we use phrases like undocumented workers, 
We convey a message to the American people that their government is not serious about combating illegal immigration, which the American people overwhelmingly oppose. If you don't think it's illegal, you're not going to say it. I think it is illegal and wrong. That's just a small piece of that six-minute video. So here is a reporter, a very well-respected and probably very smart reporter with the Arizona Daily Star in a border state and a county down near the border that says what you just heard is not a flip-flop from the Chuck Schumer you're hearing right now. Want to know why I'm spending the last few months and going probably to spend 2019 on my show in Arizona calling out the media for not doing its job? It is an absolute 180 degree shift from where they were less than 10 years ago. I I dare someone, and I'm going to do it on my show without notice. I'm going to take Bill Clinton's words in that State of the Union address on illegal immigration, and I'm going to read it on my show, or I'm going to put it up on social media and ask everybody what's wrong with this. And when you start seeing the left go out of their minds with how terrible it is, believing that it's Donald Trump that said it, and then remind them it was Bill Clinton. Because if Donald Trump used the exact words, and I wish he would, in the upcoming State of the Union address, if the shutdown continues, to just get up, and read the words of Bill Clinton and what he said in the 90s to that very, well, not well. some of them are still there, to the Congress and what he wanted in a budget. The reason why I'm saying this is because the media enjoys protections that it should always have. They should be able to be critical of their government without fear of retribution. They should always have that in this country. But they have a responsibility And they're not living up to that responsibility. Not everyone. It's not a 100% game, but it is largely the narrative. Just that small piece of what Chuck Schumer said. If you were put yourself in the shoes of a reporter, you don't want to go back and say, wait a minute. That was Schumer in 09? You watch that six-minute video of Chuck Schumer and say, wait a minute. That's what Schumer said in 09? Now he's stonewalling, no pun intended? It takes 60 votes to get something done in the Senate. The Republicans only have a three-seat majority. Do the math. They are not going to budge for political reasons. Now, both sides are going to choose sides. You're going to have the right defend Trump. You're going to have the left defend Schumer. But somewhere in the middle is that large swath of independent voters who could care less, who could not care less about political parties. And Schumer's right in that what you just heard when he said it is overwhelmingly supported by the American people to end illegal immigration. Pressure comes from people like you and people like me. When we are calling our members of the legislature in our states and we're calling members of the Congress. But you don't get an overwhelming number of people concerned when you're not getting the message and the media knows that. They are allowing their personal and political beliefs to cloud their judgment on what truly is a flip-flop. There's no way you can go back and listen to Bill Clinton's speech on that video that's on my blog or with Barack Obama or with what you just heard of Chuck Schumer and not see that there has been a 180-degree shift by the Democratic Party on illegal immigration. And what's sad about it is a police officer died at the hands of an illegal immigrant. 
oddly enough, ironically enough, that police officer, a legal immigrant to the United States. What we all hold in high regard. Not only was this man a legal immigrant to the United States, he decided to protect society by becoming a police officer. And why did he die? Because an illegal immigrant killed him. Why was that illegal immigrant able to do that? Because he snuck over the border a few years ago. He'd been arrested for DUI on a couple of occasions. And because of California's sanctuary laws, was not reported to the federal government for deportation. Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, doesn't matter. Somebody tell me that we're not all concerned and say, wait a minute. If the guy's here illegally, even if you're someone that says, I understand why people come here illegally. He's now had a couple of DUIs. He's been arrested. The guy's obviously a problem. How many, what's the percentage of people now that don't have a problem with those sanctuary laws in California? So many people turned on the media. So many people turned after what happened when the president's words were twisted about this very issue of sanctuary laws. And it's not over yet. Coming up, we'll talk about that. How did the media twist the words of the president on sanctuary laws and why is it now that it's rearing its ugly head? We'll talk about that and more about this police officer who gave his life. And you'll hear what the sheriff had to say of that county denouncing the sanctuary laws of the state of California. We'll do that here in just a couple of moments. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, thanks for being here. My name is Mike Broomhead in for Glenn Beck one more day. We wish you a happy new year. Hope you got big plans tonight. It's... uh. It's interesting the the politics that's involved in what we're seeing in immigration right now and how each side wants to say it's not political when it absolutely without a doubt is political. Um, I don't I can be very critical, have been very critical of this president, both when he was candidate and as president. I have my disagreements, but what I'm not going to do is wish defeat on him. I'm not going to cut off my nose to spite my face. And the press has a job to do that they're not doing. And the, the more people are vocal about it, they're just not doing their job. And being honest, you just have to be honest. I've been as as uh, intellectually honest and consistent on this issue, complaining about, you know, the unaccompanied minors and what was going on and the policies that led to this going all the way back to the Obama administration. Law enforcement, everyone says we hold law enforcement in such high regard. When President Trump was critical of James Comey, they said, how dare you damage the character of the FBI? And they attack law enforcement on a daily basis. You've got the sheriff in California talking about this officer, Singh, who was gunned down, an immigrant, a legal immigrant to this country, leaves behind a wife and a five-month-old. It is a tragic story. So at every turn when it comes to the illegal immigration conversation, the left will remind you that two children have died in custody under the Trump administration. They are laying this at the feet of President Trump. Well, I'm not laying the death of this cop at the feet of Barack Obama, but he snuck into this country during the Obama administration. That doesn't mean I'm and I only bring it up to say it doesn't matter when it happened. It could have easily happened. Maybe it did happen. Maybe this guy came in during the Bush administration, too. The border is not secure. But it's our laws. It, it's the infighting. It's the lack of common sense that has most people furious. 
the sheriff of Stanislaus County, Adam Christensen, just quickly what he had to say about the way we do business as a country, about the politics involved here and how angry he is. Because I want the nation to know, I want your viewers to know, he said this on Fox, that Officer Singh really should be the focus of this this investigation and his sacrifice. But I also want everyone to know that immigration is good for America, if done legally. Amen. Immigration is good for America, if done legally. Illegal immigration does not serve our communities, especially criminals who victimize and exploit our communities. Whether you hate the president or love the president, border security goes hand in hand with national security, the safety of our communities and public safety. We need to know who is in our communities that shouldn't be. We should be focused on criminal activity without political interference. He is being very critical of the sanctuary laws in the state of California. He goes on to say, we were prohibited. Law enforcement was prohibited because of sanctuary laws that led to the encounter with Officer Singh. The outcome could have been different if law enforcement wasn't restricted, prohibited, or had their hands tied because of political interference. The tables turned for many people on how they were going to talk about President Trump when that sheriff in California, when he was talking about illegal immigration, and she spoke up and said to the president that they can have a known MS-13 gang member, and unless they meet a certain threshold, she is not allowed to report them to Immigration and Customs Enforcement, to which President Trump responded that these people are animals. The media, all of those cable news networks I've mentioned before, and some of ABC, NBC, CBS, but MSNBC, CNN, they all twisted that video and made it look as if the president, because they edited the video to make it look like the president was talking about all illegal immigrants. That's when the minds changed. Coming up, Lindsey Graham floats an idea on how to maybe offset and end this standoff. We'll also talk about the shutdown in history. Stick around. It's a Glenn Beck program. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, my name is Mike Bermett in for Glenn. Happy New Year. Coming up this hour, Lindsey Graham floats an idea that may give the president $5 billion for the wall and offset by giving 700,000 work permits. But will the Democrats come to the table? Also, the media I've been talking about that refuses to tell both sides of a story. Going to give you a fine example of that as well. All that coming up. Again, my name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, not everybody agrees with me, but even though Bitcoin is down significantly right now, I believe in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology that's behind them. They're going to play a significant role in our future. And while it may end up in the end being crazy, I'm actually investing more in Bitcoin. It just makes sense that a trackable digital form of money will replace fiat money one day, doesn't it? It's important that you understand these and ask these questions and find the answers because you have a chance right now to invest in this technology before it happens. And 
if I'm right, and I could be wrong, you could make game-changing money from a very small investment. But I want you to do your own homework and begin with Wall Street hedge fund manager Tika Tawari. He's an expert in the cryptocurrency space. He's created a course that takes you through all of the basics and makes buying or selling of crypto as simple as buying and selling stock. For a limited time, you can take a risk-free 30-day trial of his course by going to smartcryptocourse.com. Do it today, smartcryptocourse.com, or call 877-PBL-BECK. Thanks for being here. It's the Glenn Beck Program. Happy New Year. My name is Mike Broomhead. And one more day for Glenn. We I always appreciate being him. Glenn's got the best audience in the world. So I uh, I appreciate you listening. Uh, social media users, at Broomhead Show on Twitter, the Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook is where you can find me. Instagram, uh, Goofy Pictures, you can find me there. Uh, Mike Broomhead, all one word if you want to follow me on Instagram. Um, Calling out the media for their handling of things, and, and you may hear more about it. We'll get a couple of those in this hour, possibly, where the they've switched, they've flip-flopped on the left in the handling of illegal immigration. And, you know, both sides agree that the border's not secure. And we'll get to all of it. This standoff that's happening, this government shutdown, what really does it mean? Well, Lindsey Graham is posing a solution. And when I am going to stay on the mantra, at least from the duration of the time that you'll hear me here today, but also if you listen to my show in Phoenix, uh, the mantra has been about the media not doing its job, at least not completely. And it's not everyone. It's not a 100 percent game, but you're looking largely at not hearing the whole story. Here is Lindsey Graham still working hard. Still trying to broker a deal, had lunch with the president, posing an idea, trying to broker something. On the other side of this, Nancy Pelosi, an $800 a night resort. An Arizona congresswoman, I mentioned in the first hour, um, because I live in the state of Arizona, uh, Debbie Lesko. And the congresswoman saying, I'm ready to go back to D.C. on a moment's notice. The minute the Democrats say they're ready to come back to the negotiating table, I'm going, I'm ready to go. But we're not hearing both sides of this. Lindsey Graham's idea is if the president, if they write it in the law and the president legislatively guarantees the protection of the 700,000 dreamers, and then the offset would be $505 billion for the wall, that might be a compromise. The president's sitting down and listening. The Democrats are not. The idea of fixing immigration is on the minds of many people in this country. Making it very clear, I am an advocate for a very... And I, the word robust is so silly because it's only used when you talk about politics, but a robust immigration program in America, immigration system. I believe in immigration. I think immigrants are an attribute to our society. I think it makes us the shining city on the hill. It makes us who we are. That emphatic statement with the great Colossus, the poem at the at the base of the Statue of Liberty that was added there. Give us your tired, your poor, your huddled masses. It is an emphatic shake your fist at the world statement. And we should live by that. That's my personal belief. 
that we are better when we have immigrants in our society. If we shut our doors and we don't allow people in, we become we become then the elite that doesn't let others in. We give everyone a chance at the American dream. We believe that they add they aren't taking away. Now, there's an element of society that's at every generation of immigrant. The difference with this, what's happening right now, the difference, I would say, is that we have a segment of our society, the the liberal, not all Democrats, but the very liberal that believe that illegal immigration is exactly the same as legal immigration, that they all are called migrants. You've got the newly elected Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that's reminding you that Jesus was an immigrant. And they want to oversimplify and then question. Now they're going to question my faith and call me a hypocrite to my faith because I don't see the illegal immigrants as the same type of refugee that Jesus was. And it's not a fair assessment of what I believe or what probably most of you believe. I can give you firsthand accounts of my interactions throughout my entire life with immigrants. One of my best friends in the entire world is a guy named Adam. We grew up together and I'm visiting my hometown. I saw him just the other day and we worked together in the trades. But his father, an immigrant, mother who has passed away, immigrant, father, um, not necessarily classically educated in schools, but reads and writes and is one of the most brilliant, hardworking businessmen I've ever met. Growing up, that family literally saved my life. And his father went from working in migrant fields to owning migrant fields, what's called a packing house and packing and shipping produce across the country and made a very nice living for his family and for himself. And is now semi-retired, but still works very hard and set an example for his son, who was one of the hardest working people I've ever met and is for his two daughters and their husbands. A very proud, hardworking man that saved his money and lived the American dream. I worked in those fields in the summers. I've been in those fields where the tomatoes are being picked, where you're picking a bucket of tomatoes and you hand it to a guy like me sitting on the edge of a container and dumping the tomatoes in and putting a token in that bucket. And at the end of the day, all those workers cashing in those tokens for money. I've worked on a tomato packing machine where the tomatoes are cleaned and sized and the bad tomatoes are culled out. And then the Department of Agriculture inspects and then you load them onto trucks to ship them out for the grocery stores. I've worked in those places. Some of the hardest working, most respectable people I've ever met. None of them ever considered wealthy on any level. These are the the working class. These are the migrant workers that we talk so much about. So don't lecture me about immigration. I've been surrounded by immigrants my entire life. Mariel Cubans, people from Mexico, people from Central America. I've worked with them in the trades. We, conservatives, we have to differentiate between legal and illegal immigration and make sure the distinction is clear. And what we do and how, in what high esteem we hold legal immigrants that do it the right way. The families that come to this country 
respecting what this country has to offer, becoming proud Americans and living the American dream. We should applaud it at every chance we get. And then we should turn and say, when you have cop killers mixed in with people that are coming here illegally for noble reasons, we have to end illegal immigration. Get in line and do it the right way. So Lindsey Graham is posing a one solution to the dreamer issue, along with a compromise on the wall funding. But I don't think the Democrats are coming to the table. I don't think there's a chance in the world that the Democrats are coming to the table on this. At at least until public opinion turns and they're shown as the obstructionist that they're being. But it's time that people like us stop being lectured on what immigration looks like and being called um, hypocrites to our faith because we differentiate between legal and illegal immigration. Because we do point out the problem with the system has been immensely pointed out with the death of a police officer who is a legal immigrant. A legal immigrant who became a police officer leaves behind a wife and a five-month-old. Why? Because someone that comes into the country illegally had been arrested multiple times for DUI, was never reported to the federal government for deportation because California's sanctuary laws. I want to give you an analogy about that in a few moments, about the private sector and how it's handled when there's negligence. You're also coming up, also you'll hear, a couple of people whose voices you'll recognize and what they've had to say about illegal immigration. And I keep playing it because I want I want you to hear it multiple times and it's on social media. I'll remind you again. But it's time we stop allowing ourselves to be lectured about being heartless. The heartless ones are the ones that turn their back on what's actually happening. You got to give kudos where they belong. And the fact is, who was the first person pointing out unaccompanied minors and how they were being herded like cattle? Do you remember who the first person that pointed that out was? It was Glenn Beck. Who was the first person to do something about it? Him and his listeners through the charitable arm of Mercury. A humanitarian mission that had nothing to do Nothing to do with politics was never mentioned. Supplies, food, clothing, toys. And trying to shine a light on what was happening. It was almost 10 years ago. Almost 10 years ago. And now the same people that were leading the charge 10 years ago, myself included, We are being lectured by the left and how heartless we are. If that is not a slap in the face, I don't know what is. I won't be lectured because I know where I stand. I know the people. So it was an immigrant family that saved my life because I was such a disaster of a teenager. It was a proud family that worked hard that put me to work in the summers and showed me what manhood is supposed to look like showed me what the leader of a family is supposed to do because my father was gone so I refuse to be lectured by those that would tell me what immigration is and isn't I am painfully aware of how the the disaster that can come from illegal immigration 
And I am ecstatically aware of the greatness of legal immigration to this country. In a moment, you'll hear from two former presidents and a current member of the United States Senate what they've said about illegal immigration and an analogy for you after the death of this police officer. That's happening here in just a moment. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know what's smart? Figuring out who you need to hire to take your business to the next level in 2019. You know what else is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck and hiring the right people. Now, unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds the qualified candidates for you. It has powerful matching technology that nobody else has. It scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience, and then goes out and actively invites them to apply to your job. So you get a qualified candidate fast. This is why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. If you love the show, we ask that you support our sponsors. I also want you to know that all of our sponsors are premium. And this is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, Happy New Year. I'm Mike Broomhead in just a short time now for Glenn before I'm done. It is, uh, let me give you the analogy before we hear anything else. In the private sector, it's fascinating the disaster that it would be if a private company did anything similar to what the government is allowed to get away with. Uh, Let me explain. If you own a company, let's say you're a contractor like I was, you own a service contracting company and you have an employee that's working for you that you know was a criminal, let's say a burglar in his past, her past, and you send that employee to work in people's stores or in people's homes And you know what past this person has. And then as a result of that, this employee of yours is breaking into people's homes that you've sent them into to work. Or worse yet, you put someone to work that you know is a sexual predator. And then that employee preys upon someone as an opportunist at a place of business or in someone's home. What do you think is going to happen to you? If a private company, let's go with agriculture, if a company that manufactures food, whether it's um, beef or it's vegetables, um, what would happen if you allowed tainted food to go into the market and you didn't recall the food and took a chance and people got sick? What do you think the government would do to you? They would shut you down in a minimum. They'd fine you to death and they'd probably lock you up. But the state of California and other places have laws on the books that shield known criminals from federal investigation. But when those individuals that are shielded by sanctuary laws commit worse crimes against people, what's the recourse for the private citizen? This officer, Singh, was murdered by someone who had no business in this country. Should have been deported a long time ago because of the crimes he committed. 
But because of the laws created by the sanctuary city advocates, he's dead. Don't you think that his wife should have some recourse against the people that make those laws? Should the lawmakers that were in favor of this, do they have blood on their hands? Now, let's be honest. The death of this police officer falls squarely on the shoulders of one person, the murderer. But if you are hiding a murderer and then they commit murder, are you responsible? It's funny. The sheriff arrested five people connected to this guy for lying to them when they were trying to find him. Those people are going to jail because they did not aid in finding this guy. They lied about it. Why is there not a member of the California legislative body that enacted the law that this guy hid behind going to jail? In the private sector, you would go to jail. There are people connected to this guy going to jail for not turning him in and not helping him be turned in. Does anybody not see the irony in this at all? I want you to hear Bill Clinton. It's all over social media. I've put them on all of my social media outlets. Even if you're not following me on Facebook, you can see my pages, the Mike Broomhead Show fan page. You can find it. If you're on Twitter, I'm at Broomhead Show. I've connected to these videos because I want people to see it. These should be front and center. We should be shaming the media into asking these questions. 1990s, Bill Clinton, State of the Union address, making an emphatic demand of the Congress about border security. Listen. All Americans, not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country, are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more, by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. Not only is he a racist, but how about all those Democrats that were applauding what he just said? Right? How is what you just heard from our former president in the 90s at a State of the Union address any different from what you're hearing from this president? My argument on social media with a newspaper reporter in southern Arizona, closer to the border than I am in Phoenix, down in Tucson, says he doesn't see any flip-flop in these videos because Trump is talking about a wall. So they are going to try and say it's the wall aspect. We all are in favor of border security, but the wall and what this is about is if the president says, you show me a better plan on border security than a wall where it's necessary, I want to see it. 
And if he caves on this, they will use it against him. They're already saying Mexico is going to pay for it. Now they're not. Now you want us to pay for it. They are going. This is all about politics. We're not done with this. You know, coming up, you'll hear from Barack Obama at the time with Senator Obama. What the senator had to say about the good people that have done it the right way in America versus the people that did it the absolute wrong way. And wonder why, again, the only place you're hearing this is from me or from talk radio. More of it on the other side. I'm Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Stick around. You're listening to Glenn Beck. You know, not everybody agrees with me, but even though Bitcoin is down significantly right now, I believe in cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology that's behind them. They're going to play a significant role in our future. And while it may end up in the end being crazy, I'm actually investing more in Bitcoin. It just makes sense that a trackable digital form of money will replace fiat money one day, doesn't it? It's important that you understand these and ask these questions and find the answers because you have a chance right now to invest in this technology before it happens. And If I'm right, and I could be wrong, you could make game-changing money from a very small investment. But I want you to do your own homework and begin with Wall Street hedge fund manager Tika Tawari. He's an expert in the cryptocurrency space. He's created a course that takes you through all of the basics and makes buying or selling of crypto as simple as buying and selling stock. For a limited time, you can take a risk-free 30-day trial of his course by going to smartcryptocourse.com. Do it today, smartcryptocourse.com, or call 877-PBL-BAC. All of your favorite voices are now under one roof. It's TheBlazeTV.com. Stephen Crowder, Eric Bowling, Mark Levin, me, Ali Stuckey, all of them, Blaze TV. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from the Glenn Beck Program. My name is Mike Broomhead. In just a bit longer, and we appreciate you spending part of your, time, your day with us. So this is, uh, just to wrap a bow around this before I move on to anything else, I want you to hear one more person. You've heard Bill Clinton now uh, give a huge defense for for uh, stopping illegal, immigra- illegal immigration back in the 90s, demanding Congress give him a budget that does all of the above, that's, that it expedites deportation, more border security, all of those things. Chuck Schumer, um, a very small piece of what Chuck Schumer had to say, the six-minute video I've put up on all of my social media uh, outlets. But uh, former President Obama, now as Senator Obama before he was elected president, and even when he was president, there was a time when he was a critic of illegal immigration. As a matter of fact, they boasted about how many more deportations happened under Barack Obama than happened uh, under George W. Bush, that they 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 led the country in deportations and and um, they changed their tune. And I've got a have got a theory on that, which I'll tell you in a moment. But I want you to hear what Barack Obama sounded like one more time. Uh, this is what Barack Obama said of illegal immigrants in comparison to legal immigrants. Yeah, we all agree on the need to better secure the border and to punish employers who choose to hire illegal immigrants. Uh, You know, we are a generous and welcoming people here in the United States, but those who enter the country illegally and those who employ them disrespect the rule of law, uh, and they are showing disregard for those who are following the law. Uh, We simply cannot allow people to pour into the United States undetected, undocumented, unchecked, and circumventing the line of people who are waiting patiently, diligently, and lawfully 
uh, to become immigrants in this country. <laughs> so how have it changed? First, let's ask the obvious question. Uh, not the um, not the flip-flop of the Democratic Party yet. That's obvious. But what's changed at the border? When he said that, it was before he was president. Now the Democratic Party is indicating that the border is plenty secure. I've got a newspaper reporter in my home state of Arizona down in Tucson, much closer to the border than where I am, saying he doesn't see a flip-flop from the Democrats. How can you not see a flip-flop? And are you, what's different? What's changed at the border? What did Obama do as president for eight years to fix the problem? If it's fixed, show us it's fixed. Because nobody believes it is. They want to lay this at the feet of Trump, but they don't want to question anybody else who has the power to do something about it. Chuck Schumer is not allowing the Democrats to get the votes needed to get to 60 votes because of the very small majority in the Senate. The holdup is Chuck Schumer and the Democrats, period. Nancy Pelosi, to gain the speaker's job, had to cave in to the incoming freshmen, the very progressive, not only are they illegal immigration advocates, but these are the abolish ICE advocates that in order for her to get the votes necessary to become speaker again, she had to cut a deal. I believe that to be true. I believe there'll be no movement from her on this because the people that are coming in, the freshman class coming in, wants to do what they want to do on the issue and not fix it now. The problem is she doesn't have the power yet. So it's Schumer. This falls on the shoulders of Chuck Schumer and his flip-flop on illegal immigration. Now, why the flip-flop? And here is my... Uh, my two cents on why they're doing it. We know that the labor unions in America give the vast majority, well over 90% of their donations go to Democrat candidates in the Democrat Party. We know that to be true. And for a long time, it was the belief of the Democratic Party from the labor unions that it was illegal immigration that was driving down wages, that it was illegal immigrants. That was the mantra. They're coming in this country and they're stealing jobs from Americans. And there were those in the Republican Party that said, no, they're not. Illegal immigrants in this country are doing jobs Americans don't want to do. And the Democratic Party, because of the union, said that's not the case. The labor unions want to drive up the minimum wage because they use the minimum wage as a basis for their negotiation with management because we all know that minimum wage is largely geared towards non-skilled labor, what's considered non-skilled labor. So labor unions use the minimum wage and say, well, if non-skilled labor or unskilled labor is valued at $12 an hour, then we've got to be at least twice that amount for skilled labor. And so the reasoning behind the Democratic Party and a disdain for illegal immigration was because the mantra was illegal immigrants are coming here at the behest of the evil Republican corporations that are employing illegal immigrants as housekeepers. And I'm using their words. I'm not I am not pigeonholing or or using any kinds of a stereotype. These are the words from the Democrats. They are cleaning your hotel rooms. They are washing your clothes. They are cutting your grass. And all of that is being done in hotels and resorts. 
and places across this country and driving down the wages for Americans was the mantra we heard for a very long time. And then the labor unions, the SEIU and the service industry labor unions decided, you know what we could do is we could actually become an advocate for these people. If you can't beat them, join them and let's organize them. Let's fight to organize. This could be maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. These could be the next group because we know union membership is down in America. With the exception of some big cities and older cities and states where they're entrenched, the labor unions are down in numbers. Well, how do we get membership up? Well, let's organize the illegals. Let's get them legal and let's organize them. I don't believe it's just because they vote Democrat. If you look at and I'm I'm again, this is part of a stereotype, I guess. But if you look at the Hispanic voters, you look at Mexico and Central America, largely Catholic, pro-family, anti-abortion, pro-life. They fit a lot socially with what the Republican Party stands for. So I don't think that it's just because they're going to get them to vote Democrat. I think that the, that's a benefit to a lot of them. But the shift in policy was because of the shift in policy of the labor unions. You don't hear the labor unions screaming about illegal immigration anymore, do you? When was the last time you heard labor unions screaming that illegal immigrants are driving down wages? So it's my theory that this is tied to that mantra. They have flipped 180 degrees on the illegal immigration issue. And the funny thing is, of the three groups of people crossing the border, one would be those that are coming here to work for noble reasons. The other would be criminals looking to prey upon the United States, you know, the wealthy Americans. And the other would be terrorists. The least feared are the only ones they're paying attention to, which are the people coming to work. Lindsey Graham's idea of a guest worker program or not a guest worker, of the 700,000 people being guaranteed under DREAMer and acting, make, making the DREAM Act law, then morph that into a guest worker program, does some good things, but it does nothing to secure the border from the two things that are the most dangerous, the criminals and the terrorists. All this talk today about illegal immigration, it starts with a cop killer that should have been reported and deported and was not. But what about as we speak, because that guy snuck in through my home state of Arizona, where I've said is the most poorest part of the U.S. border. Haven't even mentioned today the amount of opioids and fentanyl and methamphetamines that are being brought across our border as we speak. Right now. The drug cartels setting up shop on top of the hills in this Vico Valley in Arizona, and they are watching law enforcement and reporting the movement of law enforcement over the radio to their cartel members. Law enforcement in Arizona listening to radio chatter, talking about their location, being watched by the cartels in the hills. Directing their cartels away from rival cartels that would rob them and law enforcement that would take them to jail. It still happens every single day as we speak. And no one's doing anything about it.
No one is doing a thing about it. And yet they want to lay it at the feet of the president. They'll talk about two children that have died in custody, which is horrible. I absolutely agree. It's horrible. Children should be safe in our custody. Children should be safe in America. Even if we disagree that they're here, even if their parents brought them here and shouldn't, whatever those reasons are, children should be safe in America. But while you're screaming from the rooftops about two children that have died, how about a legal immigrant with a wife and a five-month-old who died because an illegal immigrant was hiding behind sanctuary laws in California and it cost a legal immigrant his life and his family, their husband and father? How about equal time? Too much to ask, I guess. So Chuck Todd throws down the gauntlet. You'll hear about this in a moment. A shift in gears before we finish it out. My way to laugh in the new year. What Chuck Todd is proving that I've been saying for a long time, that the media is not interested in reporting. They are interested in indoctrinating. All of that right around the corner. My name is Mike Broomhead. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, Happy New Year. My name is Mike Broomhead. In just a few more minutes for Glenn. Always appreciate the time. Um, the media not looking to tell, report a story. They're looking to be the story. They want to create a narrative. Uh, Chuck Todd. Um, I don't know if you'd consider Chuck Todd a journalist. He considers himself a journalist. Uh, they do. And, and the reason, I guess maybe I do have a little bit of a, a bone to pick because, you know, you do talk radio. We are the, we are the stepchildren. We, we just are. We are the less than in some people's minds because, of course, we're just right wing hate radio. Cause if you've listened to me the last, you know, few days, I'm very hateful in the things I say. Uh, Chuck Todd has decided that he is no longer going to give any airtime to climate change deniers. So it isn't about whether, I mean, even when you disagree bringing someone on, I'm not a big fan of Bill Maher necessarily, but I think he's a very smart guy. He brings people on that disagree. And it's, it's, it's fun to see. I am responding uh, via social media again uh, before I I'll shamelessly plug my social media again at Broomhead Show on Twitter, the Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook or Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram. Um, I interact with the people that disagree as long as you're not calling people names and being hateful. I will debate and have a good time doing it. I'm I like it. I think it's the best thing about us is we can have a civil debate. Chuck Todd not going. If you deny, climate deniers are out. Jerry Brown, the California governor, says climate change challenges are as serious as those we faced in World War II. Those are the only kinds of people Chuck Todd will allow on his show anymore. That's what I mean when I say to you, nobody with a differing opinion gets on. You are demonized. You are pushed to the side. You are marginalized. Your intellect is questioned. You're called a flat earther if you dare question what they believe or how they believe it. I think the the earth changes all the time. I think it's they say it's arrogant for us to believe we can act the way we do and not have consequences. And I believe um, it's arrogant to think that the things we are doing are going to make such drastic changes in our climate. I want clean air. I want clean water. I want the forests to remain. I want the animals to remain. You're not going to find people that are more pro-forest, pro-animal, pro-game than hunters. 
for people that hunt, it is a um, generational thing. Grandfathers taking their grandsons and daughters out, grandparents taking their grandchildren to the same hunting spots and generations of stories. They have an invested interest, a vested interest in making sure that those herds remain very, very solid. I have four grandsons, the youngest of which is one year old. I have a vested interest in making sure that where I live, we have clean air and clean water. But Chuck Todd, if you're a climate denier, no longer on his show, which I find to be brilliant. That shows you that it's not about reporting. This is what so-and-so is saying, but the other side is saying this. The Republicans want this done and the Democrats want that. This is about indoctrination. If you don't believe what I believe, we will never let you hear it. Not on this show. That's what they're doing. Just about out of time, I want to remind you, I wrote a book, and it's called If You're Going to Be Dumb, You Better Be Tough. You can find it on Amazon if you'd like to check out and learn a little bit more about my weirdness. It's all in the book. It's kind of fun, and I invite you to do it. I want to say thank you to everybody involved here, especially for those of you that are listening. I maintain my own social media accounts. Feel free to reach out to me at any time um, because I like to interact with people all of the time. So at Broomhead Show on Twitter, the Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook, or Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram, it is always a pleasure and an honor to be in on the Glenn Beck program. Hope you're going to have a great new year. Hope your year has been as blessed as mine has been. And looking forward to a great 2019, as always, with you. Again, thanks to Glenn. Thanks to everybody involved with putting on this show. Have a great year, everyone. From Mike Broomhead, God bless. You're listening to Glenn Beck.